And I thank you, Lord, that we came here hungry, God. We came here ready to engage with you, God. We came here ready for the windows of heaven to be open, God. Not just talking about it, Lord, but actually feeling it, God. Actually sensing it, God. Actually having it in our spirit, God. Because many, God, talk the talk and they talk about what's going on at their church, but then you show up and nothing's happening, God. Because it needs to be spirit in us, God. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to make everything spirit in us, that you're going to make our words, God. You're going to make our rhetoric, God. You're going to make our declarations, God. You're going to make it spirit in us, God. You're going to make it flesh in our spirit, God. Because if we don't know it, if we don't feel it, if we don't hear it, if it's not sounding right inside of here, it doesn't mean nothing up here. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to transfer the word from our mind to our hearts, God, and from our hearts to our spirit, God, so that we can actually live this thing. Because if it's not in the spirit, God, if it's not in our spirit, God, it means nothing, God. Thank you, Jesus. And many are out there, I noticed on Facebook, because I've been around some people, and they talk all this talk, and they say all these things, and they say the same things you do, but it's not here in them. It's all here. They talk about it, but it's not actually faith in them. It's not actually, it says that faith is a substance. Faith is, the word is actually a living thing in you. It's actually God's breath in you. It's actually something that when it comes into your spirit, it actually quickens your mortal body. It actually carries excitement. It actually carries, and so when we're not when we know a lot of word, when we know a lot of things, but it's all talk and, and it's not raging from within us, when we walk into an atmosphere, we have to, we have to re-evaluate re ourselves because it's not hitting our spirit. It doesn't matter if we quote John 7.15 or, or this and that or, or whatever, whatever scripture you want to say or it doesn't matter if you, how much you pray. If it's not in the spirit, it doesn't mean anything. Because in the spirit is where our warfare is. In the spirit is how we engage God. In the spirit is where the windows of heaven are open. The windows of heaven aren't open in the flesh. They're open in the spirit. And when, the, when things are open in the spirit, how many of you guys know that it affects the, the, the physical? But we need to get, see the church, this is what religion does. They're, they're trying to start here in the physical but they're not starting in the spiritual and there's no transfer. And that's why you have a lot of people, Pentecostals, doing all this stuff. Yeah, they're falling on the floor and this and that and the third, but there's really no power because they're just, that's just the status quo. When you go up to the front, you fall down. But they're dead, they're dead as any other, any other thing that's in the cemetery because they're not, spirit in this they're not living in their spiritual bodies if they're even born again because if you're not born again you haven't breath light you haven't had the breath of life in you and your spirit is not is not awakened to god yet so the other problem is is we have people who are not even born again trying to even engage in the spirit but they can't engage in the spirit because their spirit is dead because their spirit is alive, is alive to carnality, therefore they can only engage in this realm. But when our spirit is alive in the spirit, then we can engage with God because that's where he lives within us. This message is called Engage the Engagement. And I almost, this when we were worshiping right there, I, didn't, I, didn't, I was almost going to just say, 
you know, God was just not, why am I even preaching this? Because it was like, I don't know if you guys felt it, but I felt the, I felt the presence of God and things were going on. It was so, what do you, what do you guys think? Yeah, your name. Yeah, so different from Wednesday, right? But then I was like, okay, God, why am I even preaching this? They're engaged in what? And then he's like, yeah, but remember the text message you sent earlier about, about the word you have for tonight, and then what happened? And then people, then you guys started having hunger. Then your hunger engaged the atmospheres in the spirit, and that's why things are, are, are different. You see, God bring me back a lot to Philippines. And even though their worship is not our type of, you know, their song and dance is not our type of song and dance, they were able to engage in the spirit and you can feel it. And you can know it right here that God was in the room. You can feel the spirit of God moving around the room. You see, religion is, a, is an emotionless, is an emotionless uh, type of uh, sect. It just is all based on words in the kingdom it's a it's based on actuality and reality in the spirit and you and and when people say oh it doesn't matter about your feelings and all that yeah your feelings in the flesh are dead but you need to have spiritual senses you need to be able your senses need to be awakened in the spirit or else you will have no discernment you need to feel his presence or else you won't even be able to last because you'll feel depressed about yourself these things heaven needs to be felt heaven needs to be known right here and that's the problem with religion is it's only known here and here. And then they say, oh, anybody who confesses the Lord Jesus Christ is saved. But guess what? The Bible was saying on the sense of that, basically what the Bible saying is, if, if I can put it in other words so it can help you understand, if, let's just say it said this, if your heart confessed that Jesus is Lord, then, then that it is so in your life. But so many people say Jesus is Lord all the time. They don't even know him. So it's not true for them, but it's about... But the people who have it in their heart, they confess it because it's in their heart. But then you have people that are lying, but it's not in their heart because they're just copying other Christians. They're just copying other religions so that they can fit in and so they can pretend and so they can be something that they're not because they haven't actually attained it here. So in the Philippines, it didn't matter what, how they played the music. It didn't matter how, it wasn't U.S. style. It wasn't any kind of style. But the presence of God was there. So, so what? So what's the deal? Why is it there? And why do sometimes we struggle here in America? It has nothing to do with the music. It has no nothing to do with the instruments. It has even nothing to do with their praying. You know what it has to do with? It has to do with in the spiritual realm, in their spirit, in their heart, they were engaged with God. You see, we have it twisted in America. We try to engage God in our flesh. We try to do it with our body. We try to do it with our actions. And there are actions that we are to do under the influence of the Holy Ghost. But if the actions are not in the, in the, in the realm that's unseen where nobody else sees, then guess what? It's going to be dead. You're going to be praying. You're going to be going around the mountain all the time and wondering why. And then you're going to come to a point where you don't even... That's what happens with people is they come to a point where they don't even want to pray anymore. They don't even want to do this anymore. They don't want to preach anymore because it ain't working. Well, guess what? You were doing all the right things, but you weren't doing it in the right realm. We have to do things in the right realm. This body, we have to stop identifying with it. We need to identify with the man that lives here. And sometimes the problem is because, because we can't 
the, we have a problem identifying here. Because what identifies here wars against with what is here. And then what happens, we listen to too much up here, and, and even our carnal minds will religionize or spiritualize something that's carnal, and we'll have a tough time and we can't break free because we don't believe God that of, 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 of where, is the, where the kingdom is. He says the kingdom's within. It's not up here. In, in the, it's, that's the problem. We try to engage God with our soul. He gave us a new spirit so that that's where we can live from and we can engage from. We need to let our... See, the soul and the body are affected by what happened with the spirit. We try to get God to move straight to the soul and the body, but we have to get God... We have to go where he already is in the spirit and things will affect the rest. But part of the thing is we, ha we need to break some mindsets tonight. Because part of the reason why people try to engage with the Lord, they try to break through atmospheres in their church, they try to break through in the atmospheres at their home or in their, in their spiritual life. In their they can't. They want to, they try to, but you need to break a mindset because I tell you what, these people in the Philippines, they had a mindset and it was a good one. And it was a, a, a mindset that got them to live from here to here. You know how the world tells you to live from your heart? Well, guess what? The kingdom says to live from your spirit because when you live from your spirit, that's where the kingdom of God dwells. Engage the engagement. Isaiah 54, 5. For your maker is your husband. Is your husband. Is your husband. Did you just hear the song? So if your maker is your husband, is a, is a wife and a husband supposed to be apart? Is, a, uh, is it a long distance relationship? Is one far away? Are they just talking over the phone? Or is it just, or are they actually one? That's, that's what it is in religion is God's up there and I'm just trying to get him down for the night. I'm just trying to get him down when I need finances. I'm just trying to get him down. Well, now I'm facing something else. Well, God, now there's a Jezebel, so come down and help me out. Well, God, now, no. But we need to see, some, see it another way. <clears throat> the Lord of hosts is his name. And the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. The God of the whole earth he is called. So we are now, even though we're not married yet, in the because in, 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 there's going to be a time where we're, the book of Revelations talks about that we're married forever, whatever, the banquet and all that. But we are technically already married because what marriage means is to be one. See, um, a wife and a husband, see the, see the, 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 the physical, the, the governments of this world will tell you marriage is based off of a paper that is in, that you get from the government's office. You guys both sign it, you agree, okay, you're gonna take her bills, she's gonna take your bills, you guys are gonna, uh, you know, eat out of the same refrigerator, and, um, you know, life is good. And then you, you, you divorce later, and then you, someone takes the, one of the other's money and takes all the kids too. But no, God is saying, this is how he sees marriage. A man and a woman being one flesh, being one in, in thought, being one in spirit, being one in heart. So a man and a woman are actually a shadow 
of how our relationship with God is supposed to be. I'm not talking about the, uh, the other stuff that marriage cu- married couples do. I'm talking about what God, that's, God did mean that for marriage, but God also meant marriage for a man and a woman to be a man to lead the woman, to be a caretaker to the woman, and the woman to be a caretaker to the man. And this they know how God is to be to you and you how you are to be to God. So a man and a woman are one flesh. But now we are one with a God that is not flesh. He's not flesh. How many know the Bible says God is spirit? And those who worship him must worship him in spirit. And in truth, but in spirit. So that already gets rid of, don't, so get off, get your eyes off the soul realm, get your eyes off of the physical, the, your body, what your body's doing, because when we get all so focused on our actions, what are we worried about the most? Ourselves. But when we get focused in the spirit, when we live from where we really live, from where we really come from, which is inside, then we're focusing on him because we're engaging him. But when we're trying to engage God on the outside, we, get, we tend to get more focused on how we're not doing this, how we need to do this more, how we need to do that more. But when we're in the spirit, we flow with the river. And, th- and it says the rivers, it didn't say you have to pull the rivers of living water out of you. It says the rivers of living water will flow out of you. They will flow out of you. It didn't say pull it out. So uh, th- that's the problem. Sometimes we, have to, we always have to pull things out when we should already be where he's already at. That's the place we need to live from. Where, where, where are you at, God? What are you doing? Where, 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 are you, where are you going? And when we have these answers, or when we have these questions on our mind all the time, we flow with the river. So with God, we're one spirit. If we're not connected in the spirit, we're not connected to God. Oh, did I even put that other scripture? Okay, here it goes. Hosea 2.16. Oh, no, sorry. 1 Corinthians 6.1. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. There it is. One spirit with him. That's a marriage in God's eyes. For a person, for two beings to be one together. That's considered a marriage. We have our marriage with our wife, where it goes deeper than friends. You know, you, when you have your wife, you tell her everything. She tells you everything. You guys go deep in each other. There's, there's deep things that only a, you and a wife or you and a husband can go through that you can't even go through with a friend. Now we have our marriage with God, where all, it's all of, and it's literally all of you, because when you're with your wife, you can only give what you can say. You can only give what you can do. But with the Lord, you have to now give up your insides. You have to now give, give up your very heart. You have to now give up all your thoughts, your thinking, what you're going to think, what you want. All the insides are now his. With a wife or with a husband, it's... You know, I'm committed to you. I'll do the dishes. I'll do this. I'll take care of the kids. We'll talk about it. I'll help you. You help me this, that, and the third, whatever. But with God, it's like I'm giving you my actual life. Not my life here, but my life here. 
You understand what I'm saying? Everything inside. My whole being. And, and the greatest thing is he's giving you his whole being. Hosea 2.16. And in that day declares the Lord. And in that day he was, he was this Hosea. He's talking about now after Jesus. In that day. He's talking about after the after because he already knows what's going to come. So he's talking about after the crucifixion and the resurrection. And in that day declares the Lord. You will call me my husband. And no longer will you call me my bow. Ooh, that's good. That's what religion is. My bow. What can you give me, God? That's what bow is all about. And it's not just money. It's all about what can you give me, God? It's the God who gives, but only gives provision in the flesh and, and gives money. And he's going to give you cars and he's going to give you. That's bow. Because every, most of the churches or most of the people, should I say, in the Old Testament were all about God heal our land. God, we ran out of straw. God. Pharaoh's annoying the crap out of us. God, this and that. God, this, that. God, help something in the flesh. But now, my husband, now, I'm not I don't just want your provision, God. I want you. And he wants you. Now it's that point. But I'm not going to go, and, I, and I'm just going to clear the air with this, because uh, if, this, if this goes on YouTube or whatever, because I saw somebody posted something about, you know, some people take the whole God is my husband thing and they take it to a whole other level and they, they start getting weird with it, like, you know, like sexual things. And they start, and there's even people that have been on Facebook or say things and they're like, oh, when God comes around, I get in a certain outfit and all that. And they get weird. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about, give it, it's out there. You'll see it one of these days. I, someone was rebuking it, and I'm like, oh, great. I'm preaching on this tomorrow, and I better say that because that's not what I mean. I'm not. He said there's a whole movement out there of that people that are like, yeah, God. But see, God is our husband, but those people, they don't have a revelation of what that actually means. They think husband just like the flesh, but it's, it's different because God sees it deeper than just sexual things or give a kiss or give that. He's deeper than that. So this is what we have to know tonight. This message is called Engage the Engagement. We need to understand that we live in this place now where we're married to him. And because now we're, what is it, what, well, what is a wife supposed to do? I'm just saying in general, because then people go, oh, what's, what is a wife supposed to do? A wife is supposed to follow the husband. Uh, a husband guides the wife. Because then I don't want people to say, oh, well, I know plenty of marriages where the wife doesn't. I'm not, I'm talking about in the perfect world. Uh, a, a, a husband is supposed to lead the wife, and the wife is supposed to be covered by the husband. It talks about that in Old Testament and New Testament, and it talks about how, um, uh, what does it say, Eve shall serve Adam or something like that. So, that's how, so the wife follows the husband, and now we as the body of Christ are the wife to the Lord. But this is not something just in the future, this is something now. But we need to learn how to live from this place. Because if we don't learn to live from this place, we will keep going through dry times. We will keep going through 
We will keep trying to press in and, the, and, the, and, it, and it's hard to press in. We will keep trying to do everything we want to do but, and we're, we're happy because other people are happy because of what we're doing but then we go home and we don't feel like it, it, in our spirit it's like, yeah, but okay, I just performed but I don't, you don't feel refreshed. You don't feel at peace. You see, when you obey the Lord and you really obey Him, there's a peace. There's a rest. There's a knowing. And there's a place when you obey Him, it doesn't matter what anybody says, you're just happy because you know deep inside that He's pleased with you. Not just saying over and over, God's pleased with you, God's pleased with you, don't you get it? No, I'm talking about really feeling that He's pleased with you. Because He has emotions and He wants you to feel those emotions. Remember, religion is emotionless. It's emotionless. It's all based <coughs> on words. But in the end, there'll be no more words that can speak anymore. It'll be reality in our spirit. 2 Timothy 1, 6-7. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. The gift of God. What is the gift of God? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of, the, of a sound mind. The gift of God, it talks about many times, the gift of God, the helper. This is the main gift of gifts. This is the gift over all your gifts. And if you don't flow out of this one gift, all your gifts are without repentance. All your gifts are dead. Yes, you may be moving, but you're not moving with Him. The gift of gifts is the Holy Spirit. And if we don't learn how to engage in that place uh, with the Spirit of God, then we will not. anything we do will not have life on it. We do it, but there's no, there's no breath of heaven coming from it. And that's the problem with people today is that they have all these gifts they have, you know, whatever, prophet, apostle, evangelist, teacher, you know, uh, prayer warrior, heal the sick, pastor, this, that, and the third, whatever gift you can think of. But if they're not flowing from the main gift of gifts, then they're not really flowing in their gift by their destiny and the destiny of God and the purposes of God. And then you have people talking about all oh, license plates and this and that and the third, but God's not even doing that. But their gift is still operating, but God's not operating. God's not, and then you see people, the whole, all the whole meetings, they go back into the world, they go back into religion. Why? Because God didn't breathe life on it. God, you see all these one night revivals. Why? Because, yeah, it's, it's a great meeting because there's prophecy, there's this, there's that. There's even laying out of hands of people falling down, but God's not breathing on it. Because when God breathes on something, it actually has life and, it, and you carry it with you going forward. It's not just a one-night thing. It's not just a one-night doozle in the, in the carnival. It's, it's a thing that never leaves you. When God pours something onto you, he ne it never leaves you, whatever that is. And when we learn to move with the wind and we learn to move with the, with, the, with the river, whatever God pours on you or whatever God pours on other people, it will never leave them. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from the innermost being will flow the rivers of, of living water. 
But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. So when he said, so right there, did you hear that? Let me say that again. Just listen to this. This is King James. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, said, from his innermost being, innermost being, this is important. This is really crucial because the main warfare of warfares is the spirit versus the flesh, is the carnal versus the kingdom of heaven. When you go, when you, it's, it's your, that's the main battle. That's the, that's, that battle's deeper than principalities. That battle is deeper than demons. That battle is deeper than any kind of warfare. When we conquer that warfare right there, where the flesh and the, and the, carn, and the carnality and, and the spirit are warring against each other, when we conquer that battle within ourselves, we will flow with the river all the time. We will be moving in the spirit. We will be able to, even though, if, even because the, just because you're flowing with the spirit doesn't mean you're not going to go through battles, doesn't mean you're not going to go through trials because God's taking you through trials and tribulations on purpose. But when you're going with him, it's a different story. Because though I go through the valley, though I go through the darkness, it will not overtake me. But we have Christians going through the valley, we have Christians going through the fire, and it's overtaking them. It's consuming them. It's putting them on the shelf. It's putting them on the side. Yes, they're going through it, but they're going through it without Him. That's the problem. It doesn't, you know what God told me? It said it doesn't matter how much revelation you have. It doesn't matter if you get knowledge from God. It doesn't matter if you have this or that. If you got it without Him, it don't matter because you did it without Him. You see the difference? Many, there's people that have gifts that can pull revelation. You see it all the time out there. There's guys with revelation like no, ne never before, but they pulled it from their gift. They didn't necessarily, it didn't come down from heaven. It didn't come from, from God's, because God, because the Lord is building a house. He's building brick by brick. And the problem we have in the church is there's many people, there's many people with a gift, and they're trying to build brick by brick, brick, brick by brick. But they're not, there's a, there's, there's a man whose name is Jesus calling out orders, put that brick there, put that brick there, speak that message over to this, these people. And then you have people that are like, I don't care. Boom, 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 boom. And then, and then God has to go, boom, knock the whole thing, get the bulldozer. This guy is building on his own. Boom. And then soon enough, he has to say, you know what? You're fired because you're not building with me. I'm the co main contractor here. I'm the chief cornerstone. So when you start building without me, it'll all fall down. It doesn't matter if those are stones that are, that are, that are revel of, of revelation. It doesn't matter if those are stones of gifts. It doesn't matter what you're laying down. I don't care if it's from heaven. If I didn't appoint it, it's not appointed, and I will wreck it down. Because you're not doing it with me. You're not doing it from that place of intimacy. You're not doing it from, you're just doing it and then what happens when we're just doing things just to do things because we have to do things, then we get, go off like a lone ranger. Then we go off and we wonder why we always never have peace. And then our peace only comes from our performance. Our peace only comes from people reacting to our performance, reacting to what we're speaking, reacting to what we're pouring out. That, that's the place we get worried about, worried about people. And these false prophets... And these false whatever is out there, they get fueled by the amount of people that are applauding them. 
And the problem is, you know what the problem really is? It's not really the false prophet. It's the people that are feeding the false prophet. Because when they're listening to him, when they're engaging with him, when they're applauding him, when they're sowing into his ministry, it keeps him going because if they didn't, he would just quit. The problem really is the people that are feeding into it because they have no discernment. And then it's like, well, they're sheep that just started and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So really, he's, he's deceiving them. But at the same time, we have to, people are feeding false prophets. Joel Osteen doesn't have a ministry without those people. But those people can break out of there. I sought the Lord. I was in many different churches that we would, we would uh, not agree with. To, you know, I went through many of them. But because I was seeking after him over any of my desires, many people are in those places. And I'm not saying there's a few, pe- there's a few people here and there that are you know, just stuck. But many people are in those places because of their own desires. Because they're hearing what they want to hear. Because they're hearing what... Because everybody has, has a flesh. It doesn't matter how, how much you're after the Lord. Everybody has a flesh. And there's a part of me and you that wants to hear something so that I can go do it. So that, that wants to hear something so that I can go live for that and, and be okay with God. And that's why God says the flesh has to die. Because if you don't, because there's people that are, that are going after the Lord, but God turns them over because they won't give it to God and let it die. Those things have to die, and that's why those people are there. So really, maybe it's not as much the fault, because there's always going to be false prophets, but maybe those people are really putting the guy, maybe those people are really putting the puppet up there. And whatever, however the people react, however the people uh, 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 give, will determine that person's day. And because people give so much money to Joel Osteen, he can keep going. He can st- still keep making all that money. He can still keep preaching a false gospel and, be, and gospel be hap- and be happy because he's happy about, he gets joy from the people. If people didn't care what he said, he would, he would be like, well, maybe I've got to go back to the camera because he was a cameraman before he went up there. But the people enjoy it and, he en- and he's like, well, who doesn't like the praise of man? So he lives off the praise of man and many do. And because they don't live for the praise from the Father, for the glorification from the Father, you're going to live for the praise of man. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from the innermost being. So we have to get that innermost being. You've been given a spirit that feels things. And you know what the problem is? We feel things in the spirit. We hear things in the spirit. We get things by faith here. But because we don't understand it. See, I was going to, I almost preached two messages this week, but God said the two messages are really one message, and that one message you're going to preach on Wednesday is in this message. I'm like, okay. And this is, the, this is what the message was going to be called. It was going to be called Submit All. Submit All. Because there's many times we feel things in our spirit. There's many times we get things in the spirit. We see visions. We see this or that. But we let our carnality interpret what that is. You understand? You got, you got, you got to take that in because that's important. Because many of us are getting offended for no reason because we felt something, but it was, that feeling wasn't actually what we felt. It was something else. Maybe the anger you felt towards a person wasn't towards that person, it was towards a demon that's trying to terrorize that person or trying to terrorize the place. Maybe that disagreement that you had in that bitterness that you felt wasn't really with the person but it was with yourself or maybe it was something 
that something else. But you have to let God, see, God is the great interpreter. We have to let, we have to submit all. We have to take, see, we talk about submission all the time. And we say, oh, God, I submit, I submit, I submit, I submit, I submit, I submit. But you need to shut that mouth and submit here. You need to submit here. It says those that love God, because love is submission. And it says that those that love God with what? All their heart, mind, and soul. That's the first commandment, to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and body, or whatever it is, the three, three of those, right? So we need to learn to submit all those things when we have thoughts, when we have things that come to our heart, when we have things that come that affect our body. We need to, or, or in other sense, when it talks about the body, it could mean things in the flesh like finances, give me relationships and we have to put all these things at the feet of Jesus we need to go back to the, we, many of us did this when we first got saved but we stopped doing it because we become so high minded because we're so high minded we can't even live in the spirit anymore or we struggle there so when you have these thought, when you have thoughts it says what does it say it says it says about um, strongholds and, 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 uh, and every high imagination. It says, submit it to the, I forget, how does it go? It says, something like this, it says, submit it to the knowledge of God or submit it to, to God in, in another sense. Submitting it to Him. Taking every thought captive unto the knowledge of God. So what does that mean? So when the thought comes, when something comes to our heart, if, we, if, if it's not breathed upon by God, we give it to Him until He breathes on it. But the problem is we get things, we get new ideas, and we try to run with it without the breath of God. We try to run with it without taking it to the river. We try to run with it without the wind taking it. There's a difference between running with something and the wind taking it. Because when the wind's taking it, you don't have to do, you're just obeying and He's doing it all. But when you're not doing it with the wind, you're doing it all. And it wasn't God, it was you. Yeah, you preached, but it wasn't him. Yeah, you may have even casted out devils, but it wasn't him. Because Catholic priests do that too, and they're doing it without him. Yeah, but the wind and him breathing on it. Our thoughts. Because the thought realm is one of the... They say... The mind is a battleground. But don't we, we talk about it all the time, we've made posters, submission is the greatest warfare. When we submit, we can overcome, we, that's how we will be able to overcome the enemy. It says that I, myself, Jesus said, I myself will give you the power to overcome. But yet, we're trying to do it in our own power. We're trying to do it in our own strength. So how do we not do it in our own strength? Because... We want to know because we want to submit. We're trying. We're trying to submit. We're trying to say, okay, God, it's one thing to submit to the word of God, but if you're submitting to the dead letter, you're not submitting to God because you need to worship him in spirit and truth. So you need to submit. You need to find that place in you where he lives. You need to find your husband and you need to say, what do I do here? You need to go to your husband and say, the enemy's messing with my mind. You have the power. I know you do. 
You raise, you raise, you raise your son from the dead, so raise me out of this coma. My, my finances, I don't know. I give it a hint. What is going on? What did I do wrong? What do I do here? God, oh, I'm feeling some type of way towards that person. What's that about? I don't want to feel that way. Why do I go here? Do I go? What's going on? I submit it to him and he breathes upon it. And he carries you in the river. And a lot of our witchcraft is coming from ourself because we're trying to be the river. But the river already lives in, within us and we have to jump on it. And that's how we engage heaven through our engagement. You understand? Through our engagement, we will be able to engage heaven because we have the physical realm, then we have the, where the warfare realm where everything's going on and it affects what's going on between whatever, you know, those who heard Pastor Henry, you heard it all. And then you have God. But when we're, but God's not up there. He's up there, but he's also here too. He's also there too. He's there within you. So it's not this, this, and this. It's this, and I'm taking all this. Sorry, just guesstimated guess. So, when you want, so religion's trying to pull that realm of heaven where God lives and trying to get it to engage the heavens below it. But when you understand that because heaven is, heaven is, is God. Shane talks, Shane's mentioned that as well. Heaven is up your dwelling place with God. So if that's the case, and God and your husband dwells in you, then heaven is within inside of you. And your heaven should be engaging the second heaven so that the second heaven has no power over you. Yes, it may have power over your friends and family, but then you come in with the answers. We don't come trying to fight the wind. We come with the real wind of God, and we tell that other wind, go that way. Jesus got up from the boat, and they're like, you know, there was there were warfare in the Bible too. There was the winds and waves, and they're like, "Oh God, what's going on with these winds away?" And Jesus just stood up and said, "Relax." He told the winds to shut up. He told he told the storm to stop. So when are we gonna get to that place where we are able to do that? But it's not by just knowing. Okay, I got I got the power of God. Okay, I know that. I know that. I got I got the authority. I know that. Okay. Stop! And it's like, boom! Boom, boom! What? What? I thought I had the authority. <laughs> What's going on? But you don't. Because you do, but you don't like that. You do in, thi in this realm. Remember, because I said it was over here. <laughs> you do in this realm, but you're trying to think the authorities in this realm. You have to understand something. Your physical body is not the temple of the Lord. Oh. Now I can feel it. I can feel people's thoughts. What? What is he talking about? Your physical body is not the temple of the Lord. The temple, it is in a sense, but really the temple is the spirit man that lives inside of you. That is the real temple of God. That's where he's really dwelling. That's where he's really moving because 
It says that when Paul was saying that I know everything, I know all things by, uh, what did he say? How did he say that? I know, I, I know all things by he who is in me. So he knows all things, not here and here. He knows all things because his spirit is in cahoots, is in oneness, is ingrained like DNA strips. God is the one side and you're the other side in your spirit, not this guy and this guy. And that's how you guys are ingrained and you move together. And that's where everything pours out from. When we have our spirits engaged in here, the presence will break through all the time. But the problem is the winds and waves of life come, problems come, and then we get on this realm again. And then we try to say, well, I'm a Christian, so what? I got I to gotta fight this. And then we try to fight here again. But we got to go back to the river. That's, that's your warfare. Find the river. Where's the river at? When you're in the desert, you ain't looking for, you ain't trying to be like, feed myself or something. You're not trying to do anything, but you're looking for the water. You're looking for the river because in the desert, the river is, there's a desert in the river and you need to find it. Or else you'll be living in the desert all the time, but you need to live in the desert, but in the river in the desert. You understand what I'm saying? You need to live in that river because even though you're in a dry place, the river is polluting that dry place with the water and you're in the midst of it. You need to... Let me go back to this before I go forward. He who believes in me as scripture said, so listen to this. From the innermost being will flow the rivers of living water. He who believes in me from the innermost being. Didn't talk about this being. So we're trying to get the rivers to flow from this here. God, okay, my mind, boom, boom. And your mind does get eventually kick in, but it has to kick in through... your, 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 whole, your whole being works like this. It's like from your spirit to your heart to your mind, bam. And out your mouth or whatever, whatever you're doing. Just to put, you, put it in a retrospect. But this he spoke of. So when he was, ta- he was talking about the rivers of living water, this he spoke of, the spirit of God. The spirit of God. What are the rivers, rivers of living water? The spirit of God. And when we're doing things by the Spirit of God, the living waters are there. He is the, that's what, that's what that's saying, is He is the rivers of living water. So why isn't the rivers of living water flowing in our life? Because we're not living by the Spirit. That's the key. It said, you will not fulfill the, the deeds of the flesh because you live by the Spirit. You're living by the river. You're living by the rain. You're living by the wind and you're living by the oil because He's all those things and that's how He flows. Whom those who believed in him were to receive, for the Spirit was not given yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So we talk about the blood of Jesus. We, 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 everybody praises the blood, you know, God, Jesus for the blood of Jesus and all that all the time because, oh, it, it healed my sins. It, it got rid of all that. But you know what? The main goal, yes, the blood was shed for your sins, yes. But you know why it had to be shed? So that the Spirit can live in you. Amen. That is the main purpose of the cross. Everybody, uh, you know, on those, on those, <coughs> on, in all those churches, Bethel, all these places, thank you for the cross. I was a sinner. Oh, my God. But they should be saying, thank you for the cross. Now you're here. Now you're here. Now I'm, now I'm one with you. Now I'm married. Now my sins don't even matter because now I'm married to you. 
Now I can live with you on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we really should be getting excited about. That's what the blood mainly was for. Jesus, so that Jesus can glorify himself by the spirit in you. Jesus is glorified by the spirit of the living God in you. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. We do not know what to pray, and sometimes we want to know what to pray, but we don't really know what to pray, so we're trying to pray and nothing's happening. I'm telling you, I, want to pray. I don't want to pray anymore just to pray. I want to pray and power be released every time. I want to pray, and I want to sing, and I want to preach, and I want it to be the anointing. Because the, the, kid, the spirits, the, the, the children of God, the, the real children of God, the real sheep, they are just after the anointing because it's Him. Because when the grace of God flows in a place, when the, when the anointing flows in a place, it is the Spirit of God, the very Spirit of God in a place. The Spirit of God is just not here because we say He's here. He's here when the anointing is flowing in the place. If there's no anointing, your atmosphere ain't, ain't being uh, 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 pierced by the Spirit of God. It doesn't matter how much you say, you know, His Spirit is here, He's here, He's here. If there's no anointing, he ain't there. So stop. You, he ain't there. And the Apostle Paul said concerning spiritual, spiritual gifts, Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be lack, have lack of knowledge. 1 Corinthians 8.11 For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. That's what it says. I didn't say that. To another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. You follow me? To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same spirit. There's a reason why I keep saying this. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things. One and the same Spirit works all these things. And I don't care if you move in the gift. If it's not oozing with oil, it's not Him. It's not that Spirit working in it. It may be the gift inside of you by itself, but I want the gift that's being worked by that Spirit. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing... To each one individually, oh, and this is where religion gets twisted. Distributing to each individually as he wills. Religion wants to say as he wills, as you will, as you will to move in that gift, you will. But it says it in a capital He, a capital H. He will distribute as he wills as he pleases i want to go here first before i capitalize on that one luke 8 43 to 48 and this is the story you guys all know but i want to take a different aspect out of this and a woman and a woman 
having an issue of blood, 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, doctors, neither could be healed of any, came behind Jesus and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood left her. And Jesus said, who touched me? Okay, what are you trying to say? Let's read. When all denied, who's all? No. Watch this. Peter and they that were with him said, Master, Master, hello, the multitude is around you. There's many people around you. They're all over you. What do you mean who touched you? And press thee, sayest thou. And why, so he's saying, why do you say when all these people around you, who touched me? Everybody's touching you right now. What's the, what's the big deal? There was a crowd around him. Everybody was touching him. They're all over him like he was a celebrity. And Jesus said, somebody hath touched me for I have perceived that virtue has gone out of me. So many people are touching Jesus with their words. Many of us are touching Jesus or, 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 or thinking we're touching Jesus or trying to touch Jesus, but not many are really touching him and pulling something from him. And this is the difference is because that woman was so engaged inside. She wasn't engaged here and said, oh, he's the healer. He's got to heal me. No, she was, she was desperate. She said, I want him. I, I need it. It was something that was in her. It was something that was in her. It wasn't something that she just wanted. It was something that was burning in her. And she got it because she was engaged in him. She was engaged to, to the windows of heaven, which is him. And she, when she pulled on that, it was automatic and it was bound to happen because it was already hers before she even did it. And many people were trying to touch Jesus. How many pro people were probably, there was probably sick. There was the multitudes. The multitudes are usually described as thousands were around him. But nobody pulled virtue from him except this one woman. Nobody did. And I bet you there was some, there was some people that needed healing too and they couldn't pull it because their spirit was not engaged. This woman's heart, this woman's spirit was engaged to him, was, was, was pulling on him so much that she was healed. See, many, when we go to India and we go to these places, some people don't get healed because... They're looking at the man or they're looking or they're, they're trying to, they just, they're making it happen, but they're not, their spirit is not engaged. Their spirit is not pulling on it. Our spirit has to pull on him. Our words cannot pull him down. And we're not even going to pull him down when he lives inside of you. And you, you need to get, you need to change your mind on that one. And we try to pull him down every single way, every different way. But the only way we're going to pull on the, on, the, on his tassels is by our engagement in our engaging in our engaging in our engagement. When we engage in our engagement, when we engage in our husband, when we engage in the, in, in the, the very spirit that lives inside of us, all heaven is open. What he wills is to be seen. But all heaven is open. In an engagement with the Lord, 
all heaven is open. Why? Because he is heaven. May not be for everybody, but you and everywhere you go. But that's why we preach this message is so that everybody in this place would be engaged in their engagement and we can have countless things happen. We don't have to have, we don't have to have dead meetings. We don't have to have meetings where we're striving just to get the oil. And this goes for any church and any place because everybody is struggling with this. Everybody. But it's because we don't know. Because it says that the enemy destroys God's people because of lack of knowledge. But we're not talking about knowledge in the carnal realm. We're talking about knowledge of God. We're talking about how to engage God. God is spirit. And if you don't know that, there's going to be, yes, you may be born again and there's going to be a breakthrough. But there's a certain point where you need to learn that. So that you're, and the main reason why you need to learn that is because that is the only way you will shut off this stupid guy that wants to talk here. Because it's the old man that lives right here, and it's the old man that wants to keep speaking, and because he's not fully renewed yet, he keeps trying to speak, and he blocks you from your spirit, where the spirit of God is, and then you can't hear God, you can't even feel him anymore, because you're so engaged here, and then your feelings start to engage back in the flesh, and then you start to hear the voices of the strange voice. We need to submit all because if we don't, we, if we don't submit our thoughts, if we don't submit our feelings, if we don't submit our di- desires, how do you submit? You submit those things by giving it to him saying, what is this? You know what the magic question is? You know what the magic uh, word is? I don't know. Because the pro- you know why it's I don't know? Because we get things and we try to, because of our puffed up in knowledge, and we say, well, what I'm feeling is this or what I'm thinking is this or this happened because of this. And it's all religious rhetoric but it's not what God's saying and it's not what God's breathing on. We need to bring it to him because he is the voice of the voiceless. We are the voiceless and he is the voice, but the problem is we try to make, we turn it the other way around and we make him the voiceless and we become the voice. We become the voice when we let the voice inside of us speak through our voice. And that's how we become the giant in the land. That's how we become the voice in the land. That's how we become the wall shattering, eyeglass breaking, or whatever it is, voice that breaks through any wall, that breaks through religion. You see Shane, when he goes through different places, there's like a a, a spiritual thickness in the air. There's a heaviness in the air, but there's a breaking with with the opening of his mouth. Why? Because the lion is roaring within him. And therefore, he's a lion because he's taking part with the other lion, and they're married. They have the same DNA. But it's not him that's speaking. It's not his mind engaging, even though there's many times we always want to say something. Because there's many times we think of, in my own personal experience, there's many times we think of ideas or we think of things we want to say. But God just says, shut up and open your mouth and I will fill it. I will fill it. We need to get back to this place because I've, okay, we talk about the Philippines, we talked about them, but then we talk about other places that they're like, yeah, hooting and hollering. And then I'm talking about places in Florida, hooting and hollering, woo, yeah, yeah, going loud, making all these noise, woo, woo. 
whatever, making all these noises, but ain't nothing happening in the spirit. And if anything, there's spirits floating around the room. So what's up with that? They're hooting and hollering, praying up, doing all this stuff, the whole service. I've been there. I've been in other, in other places, and they've, they, they press in the whole 40, 30, 20, however the long 60, 140 minutes. They're pressing in. They're pressing in. But they're not pressing in here. They're not pressing in here. When we learn to flow in the river, there is no pressing in, and he's pressing into you. We need to learn how to let him press into us, and then we will learn how to open the windows of heaven wherever we go as a team. Because no one person can do this. It is not going to be two or three people that always open up the... It's not going to work all the time. We cannot, as the vehicle of the church, move this thing without everybody being engaged. And how do they engage? By engaging in their marriage, by engaging in the one who they're one with, and by engaging in their engagement. You have a ring on in the spirit. Many of them, many people wear those rings in the flesh and they're like, I'm married to Jesus. But then they're really not married to Jesus because they, they're, they're all into religion. You need to be married here. Your heart is the center, center of your body and your heart needs to be not turned, flipped here and here. Your heart needs to be flipped within. And your, the eyes of your heart need to be focused within. This is crucial. Every feeling you get, everything you're getting, you need to bring it to him because if what you're going to get things that don't feel so good in your sphere and you're going to say God and you're going to say you're going to be like what is this? But how many know because your flesh likes to talk, a spirit of divination will say, "Oh, it's it's your you're jealous of your brother." Oh, um, you know, this you know, you're you're and sin or whatever the case may be or it's the accuser of the brethren because he's coming to talk but it's a matter of what voice are you going to listen to what voice are you going to be engaging with your own heart with your own desires is going to be automatically from him and sometimes because we can't, we, we, we submit something to God and we say, God, what is this? What am I dealing with? What am I, what's going on? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? Sometimes because we can't wait on the Lord because he doesn't give us an answer right away all the time. We give ourselves an answer because we're tired of waiting. We can't wait on, on the Lord anymore because, you know, I need to know what this is right now. And, I, and you just try to figure it out. But then maybe if you would have waited another 40 minutes or maybe you would have waited another day or another week, he was going to give you a dream and show you exactly what was going on. But now because you interpreted it, interpreted it by yourself, you became a Judas. You became because of a misunderstanding. Things of the spirit are wrong. And don't get me wrong. When you're in the flesh fully, you have your own feelings and they are a jealousy. But there's sometimes you feel things in the spirit, but you take it, your flesh turns it around. Your flesh makes it flesh. Our flesh is making spiritual things flesh. And this is the last scripture and then we'll come to the end. Peter said to them, Repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift 
of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Your husband. The greatest gift is God himself. The gift of gifts is God himself. The Holy Spirit, it's all, he's all one. He is Christ. He is the Father, and he, he's living in you, and he's saying, come this way. You don't have to try to pull me this way. You don't have to try to call me this way. Just come this way, and you won't be complaining anymore, and you shall say, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. Sheep follow the lamb. Goats make up their own path and say they're following the lamb. I mean, say they're following the shepherd. So the best sheep are the ones that follow the shepherd. But sometimes we have a problem following the shepherd. But when we get a revelation of this, and, we sh and, and when we get that revelation, it'll, it'll get this carnality to die. I hope it does. And we will be able to engage from here and things will open. It doesn't even matter. You can be quiet. We, don't even, you can be, we can have a service. We can have a time. You can have a time at home and not even be saying nothing. Not even be uttering a word. And the Spirit of God rushes in the room. Because it's not about what you're doing in the physical. It's about the engagement in here to your engager, to your beloved. So, Father, Lord, we just thank you for this word, God. And we thank you, Lord, that you make it flesh in our spirit, Lord. Any misunderstandings, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you tear it down. And because Saul misunderstood things, he became Saul. Because Saul couldn't submit what, was, what God was doing with David, he became Saul. Well, why does he... What's, well, he's trying to show me up. No. If he would have took that to God, maybe he was having a godly jealousy, but he turned it into a, a spirit of jealousy. Because he said, well, why does he, gotta show me, why does he get to have 10,000 more or however much it was? Remember they said, Saul killed 1,000, David killed 10,000. And that got him. Oh, come on. But if he would have just realized and perceived by the Spirit and not by what his carnality wanted to tell him, he would have known God is exalting David because now he's, taking, he's making a new king. Now he's bringing in a young blood. Now it's time for you, Saul, to pass on the generation. And God would have still gave him honor. And God would have still... Gave him things. But you know what? Maybe God let the people say uh, those things. You know, Saul casted out 10,000 and David, or, or Saul casted out thousands and David casted out 10,000. Maybe God put that in their mouth so that it would take, it would show the jealousy in Saul's heart. So that I could pull it out of him what, what is really there. But if we can submit to him, we can perceive and not be jealous. And we, we can perceive by the Spirit. We can know where we're at and we can know where he's at and there's no jealousy there. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you bless this message, God, that you condemn every voice, Lord, that's trying to condemn us, God. And I thank you, Lord, just like that song was speaking over us, God, that we, get to, we, we do everything out of that place, Father. Everything out of our engagement, God. And when we're in our engagement, we can engage you to a whole nother level, Father. Aaron, you want to put on upper room or something? And I thank you, Father. Lord, touch us, Father. Bring us to a new level of intimacy, God.
Bring us to a place where everything we do, our praying, our, our, our whatever we're doing at home, whatever we're doing in the church setting, wherever we're doing in the family setting, let it be from the place of intimacy, God. Because all those things that we're doing are right, but they need to come from the right place, God. And when it comes from a place of intimacy, it comes from a place of a pure heart. Because intimacy makes the heart pure, and when the heart is pure, everything is gold, Father. And we do everything by the Lamb, God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.